Welcome, and thanks for joining us on the podcast. Now let's listen to Ben Dacey from Hope Centre Brisbane for his message. How good is it to be here? (laughs) You know, you guys have some awesome people in your church, right? Um, we, we know, we know pastors, but, excuse me, I might grab some water, please. Thank you. Jeez, that started early. Um, we know pastor Ben and Danielle well, and we love them and we miss them, but you've got people also like pastor Jamie and and Fiona. You've got, uh, you know, we, we know the Kunzes, we love them as well. There's some amazing people in your church, and we get to come out here and, and visit you guys. And and look, to be honest, my head has just been all over the place this last week, and I'm just sort of starting to get into it. And and I'm really excited about what God's going to do um, through these amazing guys. They've We've had a great day just doing stuff, you know, just working for God, helping out whatever needs to be helped. And, and these guys have been amazing. I've, I've just been sitting down trying to figure out what I'm doing here tonight. But, but these guys have actually been working hard and, and no, not complaining. I, I spend a little bit of time just hanging out and watching what they're doing and they're just having so much fun and their attitude is awesome. So um, we're just looking forward to to being able to serve here in Alice because we don't get to do this every day we we're just blessed so as pastor Jamie said I I am a third year intern Um, my name is Ben and I'm also uh, the person who looks after local missions in uh, in Brisbane at Hope Centre which is just such a privilege I I I consider it a privilege to be able to do what I do and, you know, God's been very gracious to me and, and he blesses me so much to allow me to be a part of his work through the, um, the church that is Hope Centre in Brisbane. And under some amazing leaders, pastors Wayne and Lynn, you know, it's, they say hi, they pray for you on a regular basis. Every time they come back from here, they're just so full of praise and enthusiastic about what is happening here in Alice Springs through Desert Life Church. So um, know that they love you guys and they're always talking you up. Um, to the point, I think, you know, we're missing out a little bit. So... <laughs> So we have at Hope Center five values, and I want to talk to you about one of the values, which is my heart, which you might have guessed a little bit, which is mission. And mission is, is what we do, right? It's, it's the faith being outworked. And I don't know about you guys, but we've been working through a, um, a series on James uh, over the last three weeks. And so we're talking about faith and works. And so I want to talk a little bit about that tonight and and just tell you a little bit of who I am and my story and just just to let you know a little bit of my background. I've I've been serving in churches doing missions since I was in my late teens, early 20s, and God gave me that heart. And and I, I have a, I think God made me who I am, and I have a lot to offer because God made me the person I am. And so I just want to I just want to love on people, give out of what God has given me. So I feel super blessed to have the opportunity to do that. But before we start, let's pray and give it to God. Hey, Father, 
We thank you for who you are. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, which is the reason why we're here. That uh, his death and his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Thank you that, that you give us hope. So, Father, tonight I pray that you would open hearts and minds, Lord, especially mine, and that my, these words will not be my words, Lord, but they will be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to read a passage that I think Pastor Wayne read to you last week. So um, it's always good to you know follow the guy who's the leader of the church, right? Um, so James chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles, turn to there um, and read along with me, starting at verse 14. And I'm reading from the Passion Translation because it says things in a specific way that I just, that really spoke to me. So James 2 verse 14 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? I'm just going to stop there for a minute. I think when I was growing up in church, I think that's how I outworked my life, you know? But there was something missing. Like, if I saw a need, I wanted to go and help in that need. But I was doing it out of my own strength. James continues, in the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by... Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone might object and say, one person has faith, another person has works. This is the verse that I want you to catch. Go ahead then and prove to me that you have faith without works. And I will show you faith by my works as proof that I believe. James is saying that we outwork and what we outwork is the proof of our belief. It's the proof of our faith. So I want to give you three simple points tonight. won't take too long. Hopefully it makes sense. Um, if you're taking notes, great. I think it's the first time you'll, anyone will have ever taken notes when I've met, um, done a message. So you are special. Um, the first point I want to make is that faith by works starts with Jesus. As I was trying to say before, if we, if we try and outwork our faith without Jesus, it's just we're doing it out of our own spirit, right? I grew up in a non-Christian family, but we went to church every Sunday. Go figure. But that was a real blessing, right? <laughs> um, so... I got to know Christ, I got to know Jesus, or not know him, I got to know about him. I got to know about God. I claim to have faith and I claim to have deeds, but the two didn't 
connect with each other because I didn't actually know who Jesus was in my life. So I hadn't given my life to him, not until a little bit later when I was, when I was in my early 20s. So my actions were simply that they came from a motivation to be good. I didn't feel good about myself and who I was, so I thought that if I do good, I'll feel better about myself and who I am. It made me feel good for while I was doing it, but there wasn't total satisfaction. There wasn't a fulfillment. And it was tired because it was coming out of my own self. It was a tiring thing to do. You see, I was trying to be good, but I could never be good enough. So every time I'd go and help someone, you know what? There's, there's still more people to help. I could never do enough. I didn't accept Christ's love for me, and I couldn't love myself. So I was trying to outwork that by trying to love others, but I didn't know how to love others because I didn't love myself, didn't see myself as, as being someone that anyone could love. I'm a very determined and stubborn person, just so you know. Um, but God eventually breaks through. And my conversion moment wasn't like some people, you know, here there's people, they go do all this bad stuff. And then they realize that they need Jesus. And so they come to church and they put their hand up and they have this amazing moment that gets slain in the spirit. I actually thought I was a pretty good person. I was doing good stuff. I didn't realize I needed Jesus. So for me, it happened one night. I was just, I I would talk to God on a regular basis. So we, we we had an understanding, we had a relationship, but I'd never actually accepted his lordship over my life. And so one night by myself, I'd usually talk to God in the dark. I don't know why. But um, I was by myself and usually outside on the beach. So this, this time was I was on a, on a hill overlooking the city lights and just having a chat. And, and I said, God, you know what? I know myself and I don't understand how you could love me. I really don't. I don't get it. But I've read your word and it says that you do. And so I actually, I choose to believe that you do you know just a simple act of accepting that made so much of a difference in that moment it was like chains were broken I know it's a cliche but it was like chains were broken weights fell off me I didn't have that burden anymore of having to be good enough because I accepted Jesus loved me and he died for me So faith by works starts with Jesus. And from that moment, God started to move me into mission and to serve him, but from the right motivation. The second thing, the second point I want to make is that the call to faith by works doesn't change because of circumstances. So after that, I finished uni, so I was 21. Don't guess how old I am now. But um, 
It was a long time ago. And I went into, so God called me into full-time ministry. And I met my wife in that ministry. So 18 months in, we were engaged. I decided to leave the ministry, but then I went back. Um, Two and a half years into the ministry, we got married. And then we spent another 12 months in itinerant ministry being married for our first 12 months. Can I recommend that to no one? Like, that is just not a good way to start your marriage in that environment. But we got through it, praise God. Um, so, um, so, yeah, we came out of that three and a half years later, started to do life. And my wife, there was, there was just something wasn't right. We, there was something wasn't right. And she, she was getting a little bit breathless when she was doing um, exercise and stuff like that. And, and being the good husband that I, I was, it was like, oh, you're, just, you're just lazy. You just need to exercise some more. Come on, let's, let's, we'll fix this. Young and stupid. I mean, I was only, what, 25 at the time, so come on, have some uh, grace for me. Um, so anyway, we, we saw a number of different doctors. Eventually went back to my childhood doctor because I trusted him. And we found out that she was actually, she actually had a tumour the size of a football in her lung. And there I was telling her that she was just lazy. How did I feel? But... So that was an interesting moment. And I remember praying to God not long after we had that diagnosis. And the prognosis was actually good. There was, they said that it was an 80% chance that she would live. So it's good. And I had faith. I had faith that God could heal her. I had faith that modern medicine would work. But I prayed this prayer. I said, God, I said, God, if, even if this doesn't turn out the way I want it to, I choose to follow you always. So over the next four and a half years, we went through treatments, we, lots of needles, visiting hospitals, being stuck in emergency departments. Um, just, uh, you know, the, the, I do have to say the health system in Australia is amazing. Um, but it, it was a tough time. It was really, really rough. And she had to go through isolation at one stage, and and she didn't cope very well with that. But after four and a half years, the cancer got the better of her. And so on the 8th of October 2009, she passed away. My faith was challenged in that moment. And to be honest with you, with all the suffering that that she, she went through, when she passed away, there was actually a bit of relief in me. It's like, we don't have to deal with this anymore. But then about, I don't know, about six or eight weeks later, the grief came. And the best way I can describe it to people is, you know how people say there's always a light at the end of the tunnel? It felt like I was in a really dark tunnel and there was no light at the end of it. And I was just trying to feel my way through that moment. Just overwhelming. But you know what? Didn't change my faith. Or didn't need to change my faith. In, in the sense that I'd made a promise to God. God knew that. 
God knew I needed to pray that prayer, which was four years earlier. Because when I wanted to give up, when it was tough, when, when I, I couldn't see any way through, God reminded me of that prayer. And, and I told you, I'm stubborn. I uh, take myself at my word. So sometimes life doesn't go the way we want it to. Where's our faith in that? You know, and my faith changed. My, my understanding of who God was changed because you understand more of God's grace in those moments. Now, I don't have all the answers and, and I don't understand why things happened. But I know God is good. Because in those moments, you know, again, I, I just need to make decisions. God knows that I work in a very analytical process. And I had to make that decision about whether I trusted my feelings or whether I trusted God's word. And you know what? My feelings told me that God's word wasn't true. Only by the God, grace of God was I able to make that decision. A verse that God led me to in that moment was 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, which says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. You know, I, I've, I've grown up trying to do stuff and be the right person, but it's not about that. Our faith is outworked through what Christ can do through us. It's not about us striving for it. It's about allowing him to work in and through us. And when you've got nothing to give, you know what? That's when God can be most powerful in your life. I've seen it work that way in mine. So the first point was faith works Faith by works starts with Jesus. Number two, the court of faith by works doesn't change because of circumstances. We all go through stuff, right? And number three, faith by works makes sense. You know, if I'm a believer, and I don't know if you are here or, or you're not, or where you are on your journey with God, but if I'm a believer and I say Jesus died for my sins then how can I not outwork my faith? How can I not share that with others? And you know what? I'm, I'm not a great evangelist. I, I'm hopeless at, at trying to talk to people about God. But I can do stuff for people. I can actually do stuff for people. And we don't all have to be the person who goes and works for church or the missionary who goes overseas. We, we don't have to be the person who even has time to do a project in our, in our local area. We might not have the time. We might not have the energy. But everybody can pray. You don't have to pay anything to pray. It's free. It's a free gift. You know, I think the greatest gift we can have to our, our mission and our local community is just to have our eyes open, have our, as Pastor Wayne would say, have our heads on swivel, and to see where needs are and, and just pray for people. Prayer is powerful. Pastor Jamie said it earlier. Prayer is a powerful tool. 
How many times have you asked someone for prayer and they've said no? Something as simple as praying for a colleague or a friend or a neighbour is often the greatest witness and example you could ever be. Faith by works makes sense. It just does. I mean, God has given us so much, right? He's given me so much. So I want to be able to give back. I want to show people the love of God that he's shown me through all of that stuff that's happened in my life. A, um, a pastor friend of mine wrote this on, uh, on Facebook today, and I thought it was really cool and very, very pertinent. He said, if you exist, you are put on this planet for a purpose to make a difference. You make a difference by investing into others. Where do you start? With your neighbour. Who's your neighbour? Anyone nearby who's in need. I'll credit that to Josh Hilton. So we don't have to be a superhero. We don't, we don't have to, to do the big stuff. We just have to make a decision to believe God and outwork our faith. We hope you have been encouraged by this message. For more information, check out our website at desertlifechurch.org.